Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Franny Finale, and you're listening to In That Number. And they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to a special episode of In That Number, episode 94. Kev, what's the title? Point Break. Or, are we not going with 16 Point Break? We could, yeah. That's that's even better. Yeah, okay, we'll do that then. Yeah, no game this week, as I'm sure you're very aware of. Um, Instead, we thought we'd throw in a guest uh, and discuss how the season has gone so far. We have the usual voices of the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton and Tim Bizantz. And we also have a special guest and friend of the show, Alex Haas. Alex is also from our Discord chat room, so he's going to come and tell us about his Saints fandom and his thoughts on the season so far. Um, but before him, my co-host, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. You're an emotional fucking cripple. Your soul is dog shit. Every single fucking thing about you is ugly. Um, okay, well, I've only got one thing to say about that. Not a cunt. You're a cunt now. You've always been a cunt. And the only thing that's going to change is you're going to become an even bigger cunt. Now you have some more cunt kids. 
Yeah, no, yeah. What? Hang on. Why are you calling my kids that? All right, all right. I'll take it back. I'll take that back about your cunt kids. Yeah, please don't call my kids that. <laughs> I never brought your mum into it. Regularly do that. <laughs> no, I don't. Anyway, uh, Tim, Tim Bazant, how are you this week? You know, things are chaotic as normal, but it's, uh, things are going pretty well over here nonetheless. And hope you guys are doing well yourself. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, though, the weather has been appalling in these last couple of days. It's horrible. And as I speak, it is absolutely pissing it down out there. Um, and it's going dark. It's just, yeah, it's just been a horrible, horrible week. We but, hit yeah. Hurricane Ada, so we got about over two inches of rain in a couple of days, which was crazy. Well, it's not good. And, of course, we're locked down as well at the moment, so I can't go anywhere. I'm just going to work and back again. But, yeah. As if you would, anyway. As if I would, anyway. Yeah, I'm just too busy talking to you people and uh, just baking bread. That's just what I'm doing. Oh, the winter's coming here. It's um, yes, it's just about getting dark now, and there's a big dark cloud over. But uh, today's brought the first snow, so uh, yeah, oh, you we're got officially snow? in winter now. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's surprisingly normal winter. It's sort of gradually getting colder and colder and colder until it's sort of hovering about the zero degrees mark. And yeah, today's the first snow, so I'm kind of excited about that. Nice. One thing to be excited about. Yeah. Well, there's no games, so yeah, just to get excited. out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, and now we have our guest. A very warm welcome to Alex Haas. Alex, welcome to In That Number. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Tim, Kevin, Ray, I appreciate being here. Our pleasure. You're I'm sure. too welcome. How are you? And, you know, tell us about yourself and where it is that you are calling from. Oh, I am, I am here. Uh, I'm calling from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, it's actually been a beautiful past couple of days. Uh, it's just starting to get cold again. And, Kevin, I'm jealous that you have snow right now because I, I grew up outside of Buffalo, New York, and Woo-hoo! it was sort of in the snow belt territory, and I actually miss it. I'm one of the few crazy people who enjoy snow and shoveling, and, and it was a good, solid, a good white winter. I love it, too. Yeah. I miss just, it so much. Oh, good. Awesome. I'm from, I'm from Chicago area originally, so it's always good. Uh, it's miss, miss, you don't really get very much of it down here in North Carolina. So. Yeah. yeah, we get oh, like we... one good day a year, and, and that's mm-hmm. it. Right, okay, so tell us about what it is that you do. Chattanooga yeah. or Chattanooga? It's Chattanooga, yeah. Uh, like, like a choo-choo train. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am a organ builder in Chattanooga, Tennessee. What kind of organ? Like, like uh, pipe yeah. organs. Not not oh, human organs. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Okay, yeah. it's a very niche market, Kev. In both respects, yeah. To buy anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After my wife and I moved here, I, I I after moving, we had no idea that the organ company that is in Chattanooga was here. It's sort of like this hidden gem, I guess. Like like a couple of things in Chattanooga, um, but they specialize in traditional tracker organs, which have like a physical connection between the key that you press and the pipe that plays. And I think in the United States, there are only, I think between five and 10 companies that actually still make these kind of organs. So they're, they're very niche and uh, they take a very long time to build. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you you ever give them away? Unfortunately, no, because we would go bankrupt. (laughs) Mm. Ah, So organ, organ donorship isn't a thing. (laughs) No, not. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Chattanooga is such yeah. a beautiful place. I've uh, I went to grad school about four hours from there and drove past it many a time. And they not not only is it beautiful, but the soccer culture there is fantastic. The USL team yeah. that they have, 
There's mm-hmm. so much. There's so many good things that they uh, that that town has. It r- really is a hidden gem. Not like you said, not only for the the things that Chad has, but just the town in general. I think it's getting mm-hmm. much much more popularized, but it's definitely really really a uh, nice nice town. Yeah, it's certainly it's like a hub between Atlanta, Birmingham, Alabama, Knoxville, and Nashville. So we see a lot of people coming in from the big cities to, to kind of get like the smaller smaller city small town vibe, and that's part of the reason why we moved here. Um, my wife grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, which is a very big city compared to Chattanooga. And I grew up in this little bumfuck town called Brockton, New York <laughs> that had like 400 people. So like it was a very good blend of a small town vibe, but still city enough to be city. Um, and, and yeah, one of the things that struck us was the soccer culture here. And, and we moved here before it's now the Chattanooga Red Wolves that are the UCL team. Um, but but there was just a Chattanooga FC, and they had they just had their tenth season. I, I think it was 2019. They started in 2009, I believe. So 2019 was their tenth anniversary, um, and they're still going strong. I mean, it's it's sort of it's going to become a derby because the UCL team just sort of implanted themselves here, where the Chattanooga mm-hmm. team had had been a grassroots thing that developed in the community. So I think there are some strong conflicting feelings between who to support between the two teams. And um, I honestly am indifferent because the more soccer that's here, the better, I think. All right. I like it. Love it. It's great. Um, yeah. And you've got a little boy as well now. Yeah. We just uh, welcomed Theodore to the world or Theo. Theo. Uh, we love Theo. February. Yeah. He just, he just turned nine months Friday. That's amazing. Have you talked about the South Coast Derby yet? I, I haven't. No, we're still working on standing. So I think we got to get... <laughs> things first okay a um, little bit of advice if I, if I may right I, I'm a sure, sport yeah. I'm a sports nut um, and I cannot remember a day where I haven't been watching it or talking about it in in, in general you know for well, for a long time um, and I have three kids so they're, so they're 10 seven and four and not one of them is into sport any kind oh, nothing okay. whatsoever it's um I think it's a case where I've been like overexposing them to it and they've kind of rebelled against ah. me so, you know, okay. th- there has been an occasion, actually, where they've tried to feign a, a slight interest, if, just for my sake, um, but I still can't get into it. My eldest, Hayden, um, he said he wanted to watch a game with me once. So I was like, okay, we'll make a night of it. They were on Sky. So I was like, okay, we'll send the girls away. We snuggled up on the sofa. We grabbed some refreshments, and we watched Saints. Do you want to take a guess at which game that was? Uh, oh. It was Leicester <laughs> City. Yeah, it was 9-0. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, um, no. And he was just, like, looking at me when they were, like, 5-0 down. He was like, Dad, Saints aren't very good, are they? And, yeah, I just put him right off. He hasn't seen a game since. Um, and then my middle child, Caitlin, uh, she said she wants to go to St. Mary's with me. So I was like, oh, yes, I'm going to love this. So I took her to see the Wolves game from last year. 2-0 up at halftime and ended up losing at 3-2. Um, oh, man. And all my kids ever do is they just see me yelling at the TV or yelling at the players and stuff. So it's just <laughs> like – and my youngest, Georgia, she's just like me. She's like – She's very highly strung. has got low tolerance for people in general. So Saints is probably not a good thing for her. So, yeah, uh, just – don't do what I do. Just okay. <laughs> just let yeah, him discover it. It's, it's certainly <laughs> a conflicting thing. Like, do do I want to force him to play soccer? Kind of like it's not that my parents forced me to play sports, but I definitely. My dad was a big baseball fan, so I played baseball. Uh, oh, right I, and, and you grew up in yeah. New York, so was he a Mets fan or a Yankees fan? I think he was probably a Yankees fan. Ah, oh, that's the wrong answer. And I honestly, I, I didn't care. I just like playing baseball. I never really liked watching it. Matt Mark's one's sort of the same, wasn't he? He um, grew up really into, into baseball. Anyway, uh, Chattanooga. That's a real fun word, by the way. It's a cheesecake yeah, yeah. as well, isn't it? Is it? Is it really? 
cheesecake. Yeah, Chattanooga cheesecake. Maybe it's just over here. I don't know. Um, that's Tennessee. Yeah. Yep. And we were discussing beforehand that that's Eastern time, isn't it? Because I was thinking it's going to be crossing four time zones on this. You know. Yeah. It, just it, it, it's real close. It, it's like if you drive five, ten minutes outside of the city heading west, the, the time zone changes. Yeah, that's um, weird. That's, that's weird. Yeah, it's gotten me in trouble a few times because um, for before I was an organ builder, I worked with some cabinet companies, and we sort of dealt with the surrounding area quite often. So, so a, a lot of times we were given a schedule, and we were not specified what time zone things were in. So it's uh, had a couple <laughs> late appointments. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't get my head around that. That's weird. It's just must yeah. be weird. But yeah, Tennessee. So. Home of the Nashville Predators, Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans, mm-hmm. yeah, and the Memphis Grizzlies. You have got no interest in any of those, right? Uh, honestly, insofar as the Buffalo Bills beat them, because I grew up a Bills fan, okay. I honestly haven't followed NFL stuff for uh, several years. But but my dad and my brother are very big Buffalo Bills fans. So I Sabres. Kind of uh, yeah, my dad used to be a Sabres fan. I think I don't know that he keeps up with hockey very much. He is like in this weird shell of he doesn't pay for the internet so he doesn't watch any games that aren't broadcast on just like regular airwave tv uh and i don't think that the sabers are anymore that's a shame yeah 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 um but yeah tennessee also jack daniels oh, yeah wow. i graceland i like scotch dolly, dolly world and also as well i've been doing some extensive research on this right i've noticed yeah looking at the map there's a lot of villes around you so you've got like clarksville asheville mm-hmm. knoxville nashville but my favourite, Huntsville. <laughs> Huntsville. Now, is, yeah. there, is there a Milbertonsville or maybe a, a Mushville? There probably would be a Mushville. There might be just a Milberton for all I There know. probably is. There must be a Milberton in New England somewhere. Possibly. Most of the places are named after English towns, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, there's me. Th- oh, yeah, I may have to search that Mushville or Milbertonville. <laughs> Mushville. I, don't, I don't know that there's a Byzantville. Sorry, no. Nah, no worries. <laughs> no. There is a mush. There is a mushville. It's a relaxed state of mind, usually from the bunning or piff off a high quality dip. Wow. According to uh, according to Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Oh, I love this, Tim. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm in mushville, man. <laughs> Alex. So, how does someone growing up in or near Buffalo and living in what Texas and in, in Tennessee? How do you go from that to becoming a Saints fan? Oh man! And, and uh, I, why? 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 <laughs> that's that's a really good question. Um, when I met my wife, she played soccer in college. She played for Mississippi State. And whoa, whoa, whoa! I went oh, there. Oh, yeah. I went to okay. there. Yep. Yeah, Pause. yeah. You went to school there? Yeah, I went to Mississippi State. I went to graduate. Well, she is proudly Irish and proudly seventh generation Texan. I think you, you they, they've. She, she said that to me so many times, you'd think I'd remember by now. It's either seventh or eighth generation Texan. Her her family has a long history in Texas, all the way back to the Alamo, actually. Uh, but that is that has nothing to do with Saints fandom. <laughs> uh, mm. So she played soccer in college, and I played ultimate frisbee in college, and I got really burnt out with it. So I was looking to transition into a new sport, and soccer was always something that I was interested in, but never really took the time to play my high school team or sorry my high school never had a soccer team up until I think my junior year of high school so I played football and baseball and was kind of like that sports jock but I had no interest 
up until the 2014 World Cup uh, because she got me to watch that. And I just the atmosphere watching the national teams come together and going to bars with U.S. fans and, and any nationality fans that were in the area. It was just so amazing. And I think that's what really drove me to get into soccer was just seeing the fandom for the different national teams. So I, I started watching Premier League and uh, wanted to choose a team. And I know that it's sort of sacrilege to choose a team and then flip-flop to a different team just based on how the team is performing, uh, like a lot of U.S. fans do. And I'm, I'm kind of generalizing with that statement. <laughs> but I didn't want to support any of the the big clubs. Like if you ask a U.S. fan, probably one in for, say, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Man City, Liverpool. And I didn't want to hop on any of the You could say that over here as well, to be fair. Oh, yeah, yeah. valid point. Um, My brother-in-law actually is an Arsenal fan, uh, and I'm sorry for him because they don't look very good. Um, So in in that decision-making of which team I wanted to support, the Men in Blazers did a – I forget the title of it, but they did like a a small documentary about Southampton, and I watched it, and – it was it really hit home with me because it showed how they promoted kids through their academy and they wanted the kids to not only be professional footballers but they wanted the kids to be just good people too they wanted to kind of stimulate them creatively as people but also as professional footballers and i was like oh that's a really cool thing that this club does and i'm sure other clubs do it as well but they came to my attention first and most importantly, they have a tree on the badge. And being a woodworker, I was like, okay, that seals the deal. Wow, there you so, go. See, such such a silly reason, but like that was really that was the writing on the wall for me. That was the, the sign in the clouds. Very, very uh, intelligent uh, picking. Yeah, yeah. There. Thank you. See, yeah. my my wife actually selected a hockey team based on the color of their shirts. Oh, and nice jerseys. So yeah, no, nothing to do with the uh, the development or anything. It was just like I, I really like the San Jose Sharks because I like that color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and yeah. and it, I mean, it was once I started following them, it was exciting because that was when Ronald Koeman was the manager, and they were doing really well. I think they ended, I forget uh, the Christmas break they ended somewhere in the top four. I thought, but that was many beers ago. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. I remember yeah. talking to you at that time. You're like, everyone's going crazy here. They're saying we're going to qualify for the Champions League. Um. Anyway, have you ever been to the UK? Yes. Uh, my wife and I just honeymooned there in 2018. Actually, we. Flew into Heathrow and stayed in London for three or four days, I think, right right around Christmas time. And then we traveled to York for a couple of days. Oh, York! And then we went back to London. Mm-hmm. So so we caught um, we caught two games on the pitch for Southampton. We saw Huddersfield away, and then we saw uh, West Ham at home. And uh, we also watched. And for some reason, like it just blanked on me that I could get tickets to watch them play at other clubs or just watch other clubs play. So we were in London, and we were in a pub watching them beat Arsenal 3-2, which was a lot of fun. The West Ham game that we saw was unfortunately a loss, and then we had to take the train back from Southampton to London with all the West Ham fans. Oh, no. And and there was a lot of, you know, irons chanting on the train. Mm. And uh, I'm kind of sitting there very self-consciously, my wife and I both, with our Southampton jerseys on, just bright red colors. I'm like, oh, I hope nobody walks by because I don't <laughs> want to have to say something stupid to a drunk guy and possibly cause a scene. But nothing happened. Uh, right? Yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing happened. They were. I, I don't remember that they were respectful because I remember getting off the train and one of the guys got called out by the police and uh, I, I just kept walking. I, I don't remember what happened in that situation beyond 
probably yeah, for the best. The cops. Yeah. Probably for the best. Um, excellent. Right, uh, Tim. Uh, teaser. Do you have a teaser this week? I have a few teasers as well this I week. I like it. <clears throat> good, good. Okay. So it is not a would you rather. There are some five superlatives. Yes. And <clears throat> we're going to go with the first one. Which Southampton player can hold their liquor the best? And which one uh, is a big, the biggest lightweight? I've got, I'm going to have to say Vestergaard. I think Vestergaard ah. based on size. Yeah. Portion. Oh, oh man. Uh, Vestergaard can hold his liquor. I, I might say Armstrong. Oh, Armstrong's a good one. Yeah. yeah, you're going to have to stereotype. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Stewie. But yeah. All about Romeo. Ooh, that'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can just uh, imagine him drinking a whole bottle of tequila by himself. Just knocking it back while uh, Jan Valerie's staggering about the place or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe the light, biggest lightweight, you've got to look at like Smallbone or something like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe Gineppo too, just because he's so he, he looks so skinny. Yeah, Gineppo, yeah. Uh, best weight person who can hold their liquor is Forster. And <laughs> Forster, of course. Uh, ah, yeah. yes, good shot. And lightweight, um, uh, I'm going to go with Jake Vokans. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. What about Shane Long? He can handle his drink. He's Irish. For I reckon. Sake. Yeah, I was reckon. I reckon. Um, yeah, I don't know if you could choose um, which players you want to go on a night out with. I reckon Shano and Michael of Buffemi would be the, the oh, best God. last Yeah. Oh, Valerie would be great. He's, uh, he's always out in Southampton, isn't he? <laughs> he's a bit of a poser, isn't he? You'd yeah. Be there, sort of like just uh, posing with a cocktail for Instagram photos or something. <laughs> I almost misheard that, then, Kev. All right. So, <laughs> second, second one is who. Who would you want on your side in a back alley fight? Romeo. Romeo? Nice. Forster. Um, Forster. Forster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he got to Milner that one time. He stood over him before taking the penalty. So, yes. I think yeah. that might be enough. Uh, I'm going to go with Che Adams. I think Che would be – he, he would just – he would bust out Hulk style with those muscles, those quads that he has, and all yeah. of a sudden he just – he just he'd go to another level. Squash can... him with his thighs like that James Bond villain. Che <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adams is uh, is what I'd like. Uh, person that uh, on the team that you'd want to quarantine with. I think I think Shano as well. Mm, can you say Ralph in this one? Because I'll take Ralph. That's a good answer. He, he'd put you to work for the two for the two weeks. Yeah, you exactly. Know? You wouldn't be bored, would you? Yeah, it's like yeah. Get into yeah, a you, you run a marathon bit, before yeah. breakfast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might go with Ingsy. He, he seems just like a pretty chill guy. Yeah. Ingsy, yeah. Uh, Stuart Armstrong for me. I think he'd be... Uh, oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. I'd come out of that with the Scottish accent in two weeks. Yeah. Yep. All right. The This is a great one for you, um, for, the new, for Alex. Who would you want to babysit your kids? Oh, man. Are you... <sighs> You'd have to go with James Ward-Prowse, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I was I was going to say James Ward-Prowse. I mean, we know he has experience with kids because he's got a little boy already. Um, didn't didn't a manager say he was the kind of guy that you'd want to bring home to your daughter too? Exactly. There so you go, see. Ideal son-in-law. Yeah, yeah, he's the skipper. He knows what he's doing with everything, right? You can trust him with a little kid. Uh, I'm going with Alex McCarthy on the purpose yeah. that he's got the best hands, so he would I'm, never drop your kids. Oh, man. Oh, why I did I forget that one? That's a very good call. Yeah. Mm, yeah, and if he's about nice. to drop something. But if somebody throws your kid at him, he might miss. 
No, 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 no. He's gonna punch it away, okay? And we don't, we don't want, we don't want any punching babies around. All right, last one here is who uh, would you want to run your bachelor party, or I guess in the in, in the UK the st- the stag party? Mm, it's gonna have to be Shane Long in it. I'm just gonna want the Shane Long for everything. Yeah, Shane Long. <laughs> yeah. Shane Long would be brilliant. Come on. Part of me wants to say Michael Obafemi, but I think he's just too young, so he might be a little out of touch with, like, my my age, what I think a bachelor party is, versus what his age might think a bachelor party is. So, yeah, I think Shane Long. Or maybe we could do, like, Shane Long, Nathan Redmond, and Ryan Bertrand. That would be great, all three of them. That would be cool, yeah. Let's take a curveball. I want Jan Budnarek, because he's going to know all the crazy, ridiculous Polish spots that are, you know, you, so you're going to end up you're going to end up in some sort of a back alley crack you know, uh, gambling match where you're just, it's going to be ridiculous and fun. Yeah. You'll wind up like in beer fest. Absolutely. All right. That's a, those are the five. That's brilliant. I love it. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, just a little bit of news to go through this week. Uh, there's been a fixture change. The Wolves game has been moved to Monday the 23rd of November, and that is going to be on Sky. The FA obviously didn't get my memo about putting in that number first when it comes to moving fixtures, so yeah, throwing us a real curveball there. Not happy with that one. And the Man United game the following Sunday is a 2pm kickoff, I believe, also on Sky. And Kev, the pay-per-view has been scrapped. Yay. Yay. I thought you were going to be a little bit... You don't have that moral dilemma anymore. No. No, that's it. I thought you were going to be a little bit more excited about that one, to be honest. Well, I mean, it was dying its own death, really, wasn't it? I mean, it was just ridiculous. Uh, It didn't really affect me, but um, yeah, I'm glad it's gone. It's good. James Ward-Prowse withdraws from the... We withdrew from the England squad because of a slight, tight hamstring. Well, it should be... Back in time for the Wolves game, no panic there. Kev, but it was a tight G-string. Yeah. <laughs> Quite obviously a ploy from us to give him a little bit of rest. Surely, yeah, yeah. You might as well have been, yeah. Just, just, just like keep him in. I mean, it's such a risk at the moment to send players out on international duty who probably aren't going to see you know that many minutes anyway. So. Yeah, and as I said to you before we went on air that it's just kind of like a, a note that you take home to get out of PE, just <laughs> yeah. a little bit of a tight hamstring. It's, it's all right, it's not too bad, but I should be all right for the Wolves game. Yeah, yeah, you forgot his kit. <laughs> um, Southampton B, then, two wins in a row. Uh, they left it as late as they possibly could to beat MK Dons 2-1 in the Papa John's Trophy. Other pizzas are available. Uh, <laughs> the Football League Trophy, we'll call it then. Um, the last yeah, and final game. Yeah, football league. Yeah, not the Papa John's. Uh, it was the last and final game as we finished bottom of the group. Uh, but yeah, a big win for the youngsters. Sam Bella scored on his first start and a winner from Kazim Olegbi in the 93rd minute. All three goals, actually, Tim, you really need to look at them if you haven't done so yet, came from terrible mistakes. Uh, two back I passes. Saw that. Yeah. Uh, and oh, they were disgusting. It was disgusting. Oh. It, it was did did you see what, Harry, what the fuck was Harry Lewis doing for their goal? He was oh. a skipper for the night as well. I don't know what he was doing. He thought he was playing up front, didn't he? He started rushing <laughs> out, and it was just, oops, it's gone over. Um, but yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, but as I say, that result would do in the world of good, and they look ahead to their Premier League two match against Liverpool 
next Saturday. So yeah, Kev, if you get a chance to watch that um, that game or the highlights, do it because it's it's it's, it's 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 funny. Yeah, I think I saw the highlight reel on Twitter. Um, yeah, again, yakety sax time. Yeah, um, and a little update: uh, Ralph was nominated for October Manager of the Month. That went to Nuno Espirito Santo. Santo, my God. Um, probably because of his beard, Kev. Uh, yep. And Shay was nominated for Player of the Month, um, but that went to Son Hyung Min. Probably deserved that one. Actually, no, what am I saying? Fuck it, it wasn't. It was, we need a recount. All those, <laughs> all those postal votes. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But before I go into an international roundup, um, Saints did give their goal of the month this month to Romeo. So they're obviously listening to this podcast and uh, our followers who gave it to Oriole as well. That karate kick goal Kicks. against West Brom. Kevin, uh, international roundup. Let's round them up early. Yeah. I just yeah, kind of give you an update on what's been going international wise um, so far this week. Um, obviously, Engzi's out injured, and um, James Ward Price with that tight g-string. Um, <laughs> Shano is out of the Ireland squad at the moment. Um, obviously not getting enough game time or not in favour, although I think he's still a shoe in for that squad. Yeah, based Regardless, on how they've played, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah getting uh, quite decisively beaten by England in that completely unnecessary friendly uh, <laughs> midweek. The less said about that, the better. Um, but yeah, Yannick Vestergaard, a um, bit of a question mark over him, right? Because we talked about it last time, just as we were recording last week, it was announced that um, Danish players... Sure. won't be released or there'll be an option not to re- not to let them go on international duty. But I've since seen photographs of Yannick uh, training with the Denmark squad. I don't know if that's something, you know, they've put out some backdated photographs or something or he's actually out there. So How, how long is this there in the photo? It's just a very good point. It looked short enough, you know. Ah, damn it. Um, but it, it might, he might actually have gone out with them. Um, he didn't go to. Uh, they, they didn't allow him to go to Denmark. They'd allow him to go to Iceland or wherever else he was going to go. Just that because game they was called w- off, though, wasn't it? There was certain wherever he was able to go, he was able to travel um, to that country. He just wasn't able to travel to Denmark. I see. Okay. Okay. Well, Denmark are playing Iceland tonight in uh, Denmark. Okay. Uh, maybe I was well, wrong then. <laughs> maybe where well, were the I mean, we'll, see, we'll see. Give it a few hours, and we'll see. Um, What's wrong, what's wrong about it? But yeah, I mean, I've got a feeling he might be playing. Um, but if what you're saying is true, then he, he should be available for that um, match against Belgium in the Nations League uh, next week on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, of the players who are playing, there's quite a few out, uh, if you think about it. Um, Jan Bednarek, he started off um, in Poland's friendly against Ukraine. Uh, that was played on Wednesday. He was an unused substitute as they beat them 2-0. Um, Alexander Jankovic, uh, yeah, Real Jankovic, he was there uh, in the Switzerland squad. Uh, he was substituted on the 79th minute as Switzerland won 2-1 against the Azerbaijan under-21s. Is that, is that the full national Switzerland team, not under-21s? It's the under 21s, yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, Swiss under 21s beat Azerbaijan under 21s 2 1. Um, and Diallo uh, featured also uh, in France under 21s demolition of Liechtenstein. Seems they only play them. Every time I mention them, they, they've played, just played Liechtenstein. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they thrashed them 5 0. 
Uh, he came on in the 64th minute as a substitute. Um, Stu Armstrong, of course, sat on the bench for that monumental match that Scotland played against Serbia in the Euro 2020 playoff final, um, which ended 1-1 at full time and went to penalties, which uh, Scotland triumphed 5-4. So congratulations, Scotland. It will be a Tartan army. It will be good to see him back in a in a major tournament. Amazing. Yeah, good result. And as soon as it went to penalties, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm just going to turn it off now. It's just it's just not worth it, is it? it it's not England, Ray. It's not no, England. I know, but that's, that's, my, that's my mindset. <laughs> it's just, uh, I hope they can do it. But yeah, well done, Scotland. Yeah, they did. Well, Ireland didn't manage to do and won on penalties. Mm. Northern Ireland didn't, um, did they? Yeah. Um, no. They got knocked out by Slovakia as well. Slovakia. Mm. Yes. Well, that's some poetic justice there, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, good. Um, we'll, we'll be looking forward to that. 25 years, right? That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Moose Jenepo, he featured in um, Mali's AFCON qualifier against Namibia. He played 71 minutes. Uh, he was placed by Adama Traore in the 71st minute, and they won 1-0. So, um, yeah, that puts some joint top with Guinea. Wow. Good. Um, yeah, uh, that brings us to today. Uh, Ireland have just equalised. Sorry, I keep doing this. Ireland under-21s have just uh, equalised uh, against Iceland. Ogun Faolu Coyote just equalised. Oberfemi's on there. He was the lone striker, but he's been subbed off in the 74th minute. So, um, yeah, no goals for him there. Uh, later on this evening, we're going to see potentially Stuart Armstrong. Uh, he, yeah, he is in that Scotland squad. They were obviously saving him for that much more important match against Slovakia in the Nations League, um, which uh, is just about to kick off. And tonight... Uh, Denmark are going to play Iceland, and we'll see whether Yannick uh, Vestergaard is playing. Before tomorrow, uh, Diallo and Wian Jankovic will feature in the under-21s qualifiers. Uh, Gineppo's got uh, another AFCON qualifier against Namibia. Um, Republic of Ireland under-21s are playing Luxembourg on Wednesday, and uh, Israel-Scotland in the Nations League might see Stuart Armstrong play. Uh, Poland are playing the Netherlands at home, also in the Nations League. Um, and yeah, that Denmark Belgium away match will finish off our international round. Excellent, good work, Kevin. Thank you, well. Um, right, guys, um, I'm throwing my fastball now. I've got a quiz for all of you. Oh boy. Yeah. Right. Uh, this is a, just a quiz on everything Saints from this season, so it should be nice and easy. Uh, we'll do quick fire, so if you know the answer, shout your name out. And I'll go to you. Yeah, no Googling, no cheating. I haven't got a pen or a paper, so can someone just like, keep score? I, I win. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, right, question number one. Are we all ready? Yes. Go. Yep. Okay. We are currently sitting in fourth spot in the Premier League. How many points? 16. Well, I think that was 10, but no one said their name. <laughs> no points. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> points. Uh, Tim. That was Tim. me. I get the point to Tim. Okay, uh, number two. How many points have we picked up away from home? Uh, six. Seven. seven. No name still. Hmm. Kevin, seven. It is seven. Well done, Kev. Alex, feel free to take part. Yeah, yeah. I, I said my <laughs> name quietly oh, because I was not sure. I didn't hear. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, number three. 
what is the new squad number for Will Smallbone this season? Oh, shit. Al- Alex, Kevin. Alex. Is it 22? No. Oh. Okay, yeah. Kevin. Kevin. It was 27. It's now 20. You are correct. Well done, Kevin. Uh, yes. Oh, I, wouldn't got, I wouldn't have got that, so. Who won, Kevin? I was so pissed off when they changed the numbers. Like, I'd spent a whole season trying to learn them. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, got some, I've got so many Ward Prowse stuff at 16 now, I feel outdated. I was yeah. hoping he was going to stay 16 his entire career. He should have done, really, I think. Um, number four, seven different goal scorers this season. Ings, Adams, Ward Prowse, Romeu, Vestergaard, Armstrong, and who else? Gineppo, Tim. Well done, Tim. That's two two zero. Nice. Yep. That's good. <laughs> uh, number six. Who's got? Who's had the most tackles this season? Alex. Rem- uh, I have personally. Me. Uh, <laughs> Romeu. It is Romeu. Yeah. Do you want to have a guess? Uh, how many? Ooh man. I tell you what. Sixty. I'll give you an extra point if you can get it right. Sixty. Uh, no. Thirty-one. Okay. So what's the scores? Okay, right. Uh, number seven, most blocks. Tim Vestergaard and no. nine. No. Alex. Alex. Ings. Ings, it is Danny Ings. Yes, that's what yeah. I put in there. Cause... And I have a guess at how many? Uh, no, because I got the other one so horribly wrong. <laughs> okay, anybody want to have a guess at how many? Five or something like that. 21. Oh, jeez. Oh, awesome. Danny Ings, 21 blocks. That's incredible, isn't that it? Just... That, just that goes work to show rate is amazing. He is. Yeah, the work rate is amazing. He's a, he's a yeah. centre back as well, apparently. Yeah. Um, okay, number eight. Three players have played every minute of every Premier League game this season. Point for each. Kevin. Kevin. Acker. Yep. Prousey. Yep. And anybody uh, else? There's got to be um, Walker Peters. Peters. Yes, it was Walker Peters. Just Kev. Just edged it. Yeah, just that's, that's Walker Peters. Yeah, that's him. A point for each on that. Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was kind of of hoping somebody would chip in and and, and beat him to it when he was thinking, but yeah, no, he didn't. So we'll just give you a point for that, Kev. So that's three to Kev, two to Tim. I've forgotten already. Alex, you got two Two. or one? Yeah, Yeah, two. Three to two. Three to two. It's close. It's close. Two questions left. Right. How many minutes has Ibrahima Diallo played this season? He's had, three, he's had three games. Uh, Alex. 18? Oh, 18. Okay, yeah, we'll, go the, we'll go for the closest. Tim, uh, 25. 25. Kevin? Um, I'll, go, I'll go lower. 12. No, he's had 21, so it goes to Alex. Very uh, wait, twice. I had 25. Do I get over? Is this Price is Right rules? <laughs> Uh, the price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were four away. You were four away, Tim, and uh, Alex was three away, so I just go for uh, that. I can't count. Don't worry about that. It's okay. <laughs> Kev was miles out, but unlucky. Yeah. So that's uh, last one. So what's the scores now, sorry? Three, three, uh, two. Kevin has three. I have yeah. two. And what's Alex got, sorry? I've got three, two. Oh, okay. Sorry, this is awful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, last question then. It's all hinging on this one. Oh God, this is an easy one as well. Uh, who's got the most yellow cards? Tim Romeo. Yeah, Tim got that one. Um, okay. Uh, yes. So okay, we we'll do we we'll do. Uh, we'll we can have a look at ten questions. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what have we done wrong here? This is great. I <laughs> <laughs> to listen back to figure out which one. Yeah, so you know what? That, this is why I said I should get a pen and paper because I'm going to forget. Okay, well, well done to the winner, whoever that was. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you all did well. It's the second part that counts anyway. Um, right, okay, we're going to the season then. Season so far. We'll start with you, Alex. Um, Okay, so be be honest here. At the start of the season, you know, we mm. lose to Palace, blames it on fatigue, you let that one go. You know, dumped out of the Carabao Cup to Brentford, we didn't turn up for that whatsoever. Um, and then that high line against Spurs pays the ultimate price and we get destroyed 5-2. How did you assess the situation after those three games and was there any panicking from your part? Yeah, I, I absolutely smashed that panic button after the Spurs game. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the first game of the season... You, you always want to start strong, and the way we came out of the, the shutdown previously kind of led us to believe we were going to do that, but for some reason we didn't. And I, I can personally chalk that up to sometimes that first match of the season is just a crapshoot. You, you never know how teams are going to come out, and, and you know Crystal Palace just happened to get one up on us. And, and it's not for our lack of chances. They just had better opportunities to score, and they took them. Um, the, the Brentford game was just disappointing because we didn't turn up, and that's a lot of opportunity missed for guys to get chances playing in the cup. You know, I feel for Fraser Forrester not getting a chance to really play in goal because we're out of that tournament. Um, but, yeah, sure. but the Spurs game, I, I definitely I panicked because watching them score the same goal four times and and not seeing us adjust to that. You know, continuing to play the high lines, continuing continuing to get beat for pace through the middle that, that was just like what are we doing you, you know we, we ended so strongly and to watch us concede five like that was just really disappointing and yeah okay but but since then right nearing perfection you have to look at it and yeah it, it's kind of like that Spurs game was the line in the sand the high line mm-hmm. in the sand um, <laughs> sorry yeah. that's bad uh, Burnley and West Brom were pushed aside about conceding we had that free free thriller at Stamford Bridge and we probably mm-hmm. deserved something out of that. I know it was a late one, but we probably did deserve that. Then wins against Everton and Villa, and most recently against Newcastle. You know, what, what has happened since then? I, the mistakes are at a low. Vestergaard's playing the best spell, with, well, since he's arrived, I guess. And, you know, yeah, apart from that late slip to Villa, it's been, you know, the best spell since those Koeman days. What do you put that down to? Uh, I think it's two-part. So I went back and I watched the extended highlights for most of these games. And I really think, and not to dump on Jack Stevens, but Jack fucking Stevens coming out of the lineup, I think was one of the best things we did and putting Vestergaard in there and really establishing an effective back line, both for the offside trap and then coming back and, and covering our man. I think Jack Stevens was really prone to just kind of going missing and going out and covering wide where a right back and a midfielder should have been coming to cover and then leaving uh, uh, an unmarked man in space in the middle. Um, and then to to step up from there, I think the partnership between Romeo and James Ward-Prowse really ironed out and became super effective. And, and you kind of saw you saw the repercussions of that when that partnership changed against Aston Villa when we had injuries and we had to make changes. You know, Villa put us through the ringer in the last mm. 20 minutes of that game. Yeah, so, so I think that partnership was kind of – Maybe the understanding between the two of them was a little shaky in the beginning of the season, 
there there were a couple moments and highlights that I saw where Romeo, I think specifically in the Chelsea game, Romeo was following Werner across the box and kind of made a half-hearted lunge and didn't continue to follow him. And and that was the the, the first goal I think mm. Werner scored, where he kind of cut past yeah. four or five defenders. And had Romeo followed and Ward-Prowse, I think, gotten his way at that point. So they kind of bumped shoulders, and, and they both just stopped, and, and Werner had a clear opportunity to score. I, I think working out that understanding of who's staying and who's following, um, who's pressing where, just ironing out those kinks has really made a difference in the midfield between those guys to, to break up plays. Yeah, and just keeping the same the same team, really. I mean, that ever since yeah. Stevens yeah. has gone out, as you say, there's a... Uh, they, they've got that, but I mean, you know, Diallo's come in as well, and he can't get in the side because of Romeo, you know, playing so well as as well right. as he is now. So they've got, yeah. you know, uh, consistency in the team, and that's I don't really think we've had that with Ralph, have we? Because he, I mean, at the start of his tenure, he was tinkering with the formations quite a bit. Now right. he seems settled. He seems to have, seems to have got it right. Um, one one thing you can't fail to notice is that home form has turned around massively. I know, and I know, you know, it doesn't matter during lockdown because there's no fans, but you know. The games that we played at home this year, Spurs 5-2, apart from that, uh, clean sheet against West Brom, clean sheet against Everton, who were undefeated at that point, and a clean sheet against Newcastle as well. I'm not going to even bother including Brentford in that because he really cares at this stage. But yeah, home form's turned around massively. Uh, Kev, the season then, where's it all gone right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, maybe that Tottenham match was the Leicester of this season that we kind of seen the frailties and dealt with them. And we, we, we weren't too bad in that match. We were quite good in the first half, weren't we? Um, oh, yeah, sure. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I suppose that, that kind of uh, showed where our, where our strengths and weaknesses lay. And we got a bit of an easy match against um, Burnley. Uh, we didn't basically have any players. Um and yeah, I think yeah, Vestergaard um, getting getting to the back line has been a good change. Um, Ings uh, being on his continued runner form, and Adams also uh, firing on similar cylinders. And um, yeah, everything seems to have just um, fitted together to uh, match Ralph's plans perfectly well. And the players that we have brought in in the transfer window uh, are starting to play a part in Theo's hit the ground running mm-hmm. in the squads. Um, maybe yet to see the best of Diallo. I haven't seen anything of Salisu at all. But um, yeah, I don't think it's it's fair to look at one particular moment. But yeah, that Tottenham match was the basically end of that little mini crisis that we went through. Mm-hmm. I think we were worried, you know, a couple of games in out of the cup and uh, is it all going to turn to shit? But um, yeah, we've managed to pull through that and that's definitely thanks to Ralph. Yes. Um, and Tim, you know, what was your assessment on the whole thing and, and, you know, the slow stuttering start and then, you know, the turnaround? Here comes the Ralph train. Yeah. <laughs> the Chattanooga choo choo. Yeah, <laughs> Jump, jumping on the Ralph train. So uh, w- w- let's just be real. We got the shit out of the way early. So fortunately, we were well, really hopefully patient. that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got the shit out of the way early. So we, you know, we we fell flat against Crystal Palace. You can chalk it up to being the first game of the season. Uh, we got, you know, we got a kick in the kick in the ass against Brentford, playing at home with a, pretty much a full lineup, and then we just got destroyed by Tottenham, which 
as much as I would like to, you know, say it was really, really bad on our end, it was just amazing play on with Sun and Kane, who have been electric all season long. So let's, I'm going to give them the credit where the credit's due. Um, then we had the right run of form when it comes to teams. We played Burnley, West Brom, and then Chelsea, who fortunately had Kepa in uh, at that time, and Mendy wasn't there. So we got a little lucky. So between those threes, uh, Everton found the right uh, found the right niche, and we just kept going from there. Uh Southampton, yeah, we went up 4-0. Uh, we gave up three, though, just because – but three injuries killed us. And then right back at it with uh, Southampton against New, with Newcastle. So um, we were fairly patient. I know we all had the – we were the, the most excited people uh, or whatever, the most uh, anticipated, you know, most positive outreach for the, for the entire year coming forward. So uh, for that, we just started gelling at the right time. We found what we were looking for when it comes to success, and then from there, uh, it just it just worked out. Like everybody has been fantastic, and even with Ings being out this past game, and he's gonna he's looking like he's on a schedule to be back within four to six weeks, which is wonderful to hear. And uh, just all in all, uh, we were patient at the beginning and it worked out well, and it kept going. Yeah, um, and Alex Wolves next. Um, still no Danny Ings, but as Tim just said, he's going to be heading back soon. Um, can we keep this up without him? You know, and or are we going to start to buckle? Is Shay going to start to buckle? Is he going to be too heavily relied upon? I am ever the optimist, and I certainly think that we can keep this form up. I, I think Shay can handle the pressure. He's got guys around him that are that that want him to succeed and and are there to support him, and and he obviously is working hard for the team too. So it's it's a very unifying team that we have, or unified team that we have right now. So I, I certainly think that we can keep going full steam ahead. That's good. That's good. I wanted to hear can I, can I Can I throw in one thing? Uh, I think one of the turning points of the season, too, a big turning point was the Chelsea game, actually, because I don't remember since I started watching Saints the last time we came back trailing a game to score three goals to even tie it up like that. I yeah, think that was a huge grind. I'll be scratching my head to find out a result where when we actually did. That's usually us. You know, the shoe's usually on the other foot, isn't it? But, um, yeah, right. The United game last year, right at the end of the season, where Obafemi got that goal. I know it was one goal, oh, but yeah. we got yeah. it in the last second, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that because they just, they just threw three forward three forwards on and just and just went yeah. for it. I loved every second of that. They took Romeo off and put Obafemi on. Just made me really happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're kind of identical, but I mean we've had that um, that maybe mini that that crisis has come early in the season and that turnaround in that Chelsea match. Yeah, I suppose you could say it was a, a kind of a, a, a shift in momentum. But yes, good that it's come early in the season. Definitely. Um, and beyond Wolves, then guys, we got you know Man United in town on Sunday the 29th. Got a little journey up the road to Brighton in the first week of December. Then we have we, nice. uh, a home Coast derby there. Yeah, don't, don't even. And then we got a <laughs> home to Sheffield United, who are struggling at the moment in um, you know, early December. A way trip to Arsenal, uh, Man City at home, and then you know taking us up to Fulham on Boxing Day. Looking at these games again, then guys, right? So Wolves away, Man United at home, Brighton away, Sheffield United at home, Arsenal away, Man City at home, and Fulham away. So I've crunched the numbers here. Realistically, how many points are we going to get from these games? And I've looked at it, and I've, I'm looking at this, trying to be optimistic. 11 points from that, I think. So I, I'm, this, is, this is basing going, going on a point to Wolves, 
a point against United, three against Brighton, three against Sheffield United, and I predicted two losses against Arsenal and City, and then a win on Boxing Day against Fulham. So that's taken me to 11 points. How do you see it, guys? I've got 12. So okay. I've got three. I've got three wins, three ties, and a loss. And that I think we can push it. So I'm guessing you know, you're going the three wins of Brighton, Sheffield United, and Fulham, right? Uh, I've got Brighton, Sheffield United, and Fulham there. Yep. I've got a loss to Man City. Uh, I, Arsenal away is a tie. Manchester United, I think we're going to play really fantastic and be a tie. And I think Wolves were going to sputter. Um, I think they just, uh, they've just they got the right style and right makeup that's going to really be tough for us. But I still have us aching out a tie because uh, last season, watched last season's highlights against Wolves for the last for those two games. And I think they've, they'll be prepared for it, but it'll still be a massive struggle. Okay, not not too dissimilar to mine then, really. I've just got us losing to Arsenal. But, yeah, um, Alex, Kev? I'm I'm looking quite optimistic. I was... <coughs> 24! I think that... that <coughs> yeah, 24. Whenever Saints ask, like, hey, how many points do you think we're going to get out of the next three games? I say, like, 10 points. Um, without fail. But, no, I think 13 points. I mean, that, that's going to be a good haul. I think if we can keep up the form... Um, Beating Wolves is going to be a big ass. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we can do it. Um, I can draw, draw against United at home as a possibility. Um, Brighton, Sheffield United and Fulham, I mean, they're having a pretty much of a write-off of the season at the moment, aren't they? Mm. Um, so, yeah, anything but three points in each of those matches would be a disappointment. And, um, yeah, City... I mean, they're City, aren't they? And um, Arsenal, not on the best of form at the moment, but playing at the Emirates, I don't think we'll be able to do it. Um, so, yeah, 13 points. I think I think that's a, a fucking good haul. That would be. Very, very uh-uh. well needed for the new year, yes. yeah. I would be happy with any of those results, but I'm going to one-up everybody. I'm going to say 15 points. Ooh, I think yeah. I, I, I think, like, I'm going to say one point. <laughs> 15, okay. Way to bring us back to reality. <laughs> Draw uh, against Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> Take back the relegation, yeah. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Everybody <laughs> yeah, knock on wood for that. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I, optimistically, I think that we could go... If we play the way that we played against Newcastle and Everton, I really think that we could go through this undefeated with draws against United, City, and Arsenal. Uh, I mean, I think we could pick up points against Wolves especially because we sort of set a record so far this season or, or set a track for ourselves this season where teams that have beaten us last season, we are doing extremely well against. Like Everton, we, we completely isolated their key players. Even Newcastle, we did the same thing. I think we can do that against Wolves. Uh, but realistically, you know, we'll probably stutter against somebody like Brighton and end up drawing a game there mm. for some reason. Yeah, I'm going to knock on wood again for that. Yeah, we've always got the potential to do that, haven't we? Just like the Brighton-Sheffield United games. We drew both of those games, yeah. We drew, drew against Wolves, didn't we, and, and Brighton. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. You know, we, we put the kiss of death on this now. You know it's going to be, we're just going to come out with three points or something shit like that. Seven points. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Alex, you have some questions yeah. for us. Yeah, um... The, the first one I should have done earlier, and I completely spaced. But the backstory to this question is uh, one of there's an artist on Instagram that I followed who posted something about we should greet each other with this specific question, and I'm going to ask you this: What is your favorite dinosaur? Kevin, what's your favorite dinosaur? Mm. 
Shit. Um, Stegosaurus. Good call. All right. Tim, what's your favorite dinosaur? Uh, the Velociraptor. Nice. All right. Heavy. Mm-hmm. And, and Ray, what's your favorite dinosaur? Um, I would probably say that little acid-spitting twat from Jurassic Park. But is it <laughs> Dilophosaurus. A, Dilophosaurus, that's the one. Yeah. Actually, I'm not even yeah. sure what Michael Crichton... He probably invented that venom thing, though, didn't he? Probably. So, I used to be a huge dinosaur nerd, so this question was like... It, it really resonated with me. So I wanted to start doing that when I met new people. Uh, so... so Mine is Styracosaurus, which was like a Triceratops. It's just it was a it's the unicorn of the dinosaurs. It just has a single horn. Isn't that but just a rhino? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do so like that, Velociraptors as well. But. What about a Tyrannosaurus Ray? <laughs> yeah, I suppose I could be quite I could be quite like that. But I do like to spit like acid and venom at people. So. Oh, well, if you drink acid, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like the sound of a megalosaurus. It sounds like, yeah. Oh, yeah? Tyrannosaurus rex? Come on. <laughs> megalosaurus. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have two more questions for you guys. Uh, one is, is sort of in the same vein as the would you rathers, but what if there was one thing from American society that you could transplant into English and Russian society, what would it be? And, and for Tim and I, what would we take from English society that we could transplant into American oh, society? God. And Russian. And, and yeah, and Russian. Oh, uh, and, and I'll kind of, I'll go first if you guys need some time to think. Um, I thought that, and I've said this for a couple years, America needs more trains. We need some passenger trains <laughs> to get around the country. Yeah. Well, we've actually so just heard one on this, on this podcast, so, you know got the ralph express going free tins yeah yeah we, we need that coming through chattanooga and then i would take the the russian winters give me that snow yeah we got some good winters i don't know i, I would probably say something to do with your your housing I lo- i've always liked i mean when i'm watching films it's like you look at a typical suburban u.s house and you think my god look at the size of that and i want that you know it, it just always seemed bigger and better than ours the space that you've got and you'd like your college life as well Oh, I just yes. love that, okay. like, yeah. and the opportunities that you have to get, you know, to get into these big colleges, and and I would say also that everything that I have an opinion on always reverts back to sport. So I love the college system in sport. I love the draft process, and ultimately I like salary caps. Just you know the whole system, I approve of yeah. it. I would like, and you know, the love of ice hockey in this country would be great because I know U.S. and Russia. There you go. They love their ice hockey. Yeah, so. there you go. I would take something like that. I guess on a, we'll go with the NHS. I mean, I guess I do. A, a, my master's yeah. thesis is on urban planning and a lot of these different nice. things and values and stuff. But the NHS itself is utterly fantastic. So, I mean, if I had to choose one, I, obviously I would choose both for a denser society. And by dense, I mean dense uh, po- population mm. and dense communities itself. <laughs> Not dense, uh, stupid, right? No. Uh, <laughs> I guess I will. Right now, I guess there's something about Russia. Russia's always had a collectivism, whether it's been by brutalism or just by together that they believe in one working together and things. And that's something that the U.S. could use a little bit today. There's a significant amount of divisiveness. And so understanding there is a common good for pushing through COVID. And since I work in the field, it's kind of a little too serious at this point. But um, 
I guess for the funny uh, funny things is the pub culture needs to be is fantastic and I love it and I wish yeah. I genuinely she would be amazing here and then also the um, I don't know just the ability to push down vodka like a Russian can would be fantastic <laughs> too I love that. <laughs> Good answer. Well, if we can send you back anything from Russia, um, yeah, I mean, vodka at four dollars a bottle. Um, it's probably going to be up there. Um, yeah, but you've t- kind of taken out the, a couple of the things that um, we've got definitely got going for us here, and that is um, trains. I mean, I don't know if we've got the most railways in the world, but we've got a shitload of railways here, and uh, the public transport here is. I mean, it's a, it's amazing. You can get absolutely anywhere, um, and the metro and the the local trains and everything. They just tend to they just work, you know. So you, don't, you haven't got that thing in London. So jealous. Go up to London so jealous. And yeah. there's there could be engineering works. There could be a strike or something. Um, you got to factor in an extra hour or two because it might be delays or cancellations. Something closed down. It doesn't really happen. It just you know minus twenty outside and your train turns up on time. Um, I don't know what's. I've never been to America, you see. You see so um, I only from what I hear or see in films. But um, if I can't take Iggy Pop, then I'm going <laughs> to go for just some some good old um, vessel busting fast food, some Mexican food. Yeah, there you go. some good Mexican yep. food. That'd be nice. Awesome. Um, my, my final question to kind of bring this back to Saints is who, so far, who is your unsung hero of the season? Who's been doing the grind and not necessarily getting the, the praise for such grind? I think the obvious ones are going to be Ward Prowse and Ings, but Vestergaard's getting a lot of love these days. I don't know. I'd probably give it to Kyle Walker-Peters or Romeu just because I think both of them have been as good as they can be. You know, they're passing, tackling, you know. Well, Romeo, actually, I give it to him because, you know, he's limited those silly silly tackles. And, I, and now he's added some, sorry, he's added some offense to his game scored. Um, and karate, apparently, as well. But, um, <laughs> uh, and he's keeping uh, Diallo out of the side as well. So, yeah, he's doing everything that Ralph is asking him, I'm sure. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say Romeo. That's a good choice. I mean, I, I was probably going to go, I mean, this season or just in general? Uh, I think this season. This season. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if it was this year, maybe I'd probably give it to Stuart Armstrong because um, I don't think he quite gets the recognition he deserves. Um, but he does from Saints. Yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe Walker Peters because I mean he's just sort of quite a diminutive character in in stature and in in the team. But he's been instrumental to our turnaround. That right back position's been question mark for so long and now it's an exclamation mark mm-hmm. that's true what about you Tim any thoughts so there's within within Southampton fans and within our podcast community that we have here we've been talking you know right at the beginning we talked about how Walker Peter just walked right in we talked about how Vestergaard has flourished and become the signing that we really all were hoping for him to do we understand Danny Ings not, not only on the perspective of the entire community uh, looking at soccer. Ward Prowse, people are aware of just because of the free kicks. He's been at the England call-ups. He's the workhorse. He's the captain. Uh, Romeo has, and even within us, I think I think in our, the like I said, the podcast community is understanding that Romeo has been absolutely fantastic. But if you're talking about somebody who hasn't been given uh, the opportunity or the praise because 
you just slot somebody in and you know who they're there, you know what you're expecting, you know what you're getting and who's fantastic. And it's going to be, it's going to be Ryan Bertrand. You know, he's 31. He's been doing it now for years and years and years. Um, you know, three, four, five years for us. And he's just slotted in and been successful. You know what you're getting. You know you're going to get a high quality. You know you're going to slow down the throw-ins. is quite is like molasses. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. But <laughs> he's going to have the overlap runs. He's going to have the consistent. There's just a consistency there that I've loved and been and thought of. And um, for his age and going all that, I'm going to give it to him. He may not be the best of the players, you know, regarding scores or whatever, but – um, love having the guy there, and uh, we'll hate to he- see him go whenever he does in, a, in the next few years. But it'll be—he's uh, been—he's been a great service to the club overall. Yeah, yeah he's definitely been the most consistent. Really good answer as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely it, it posed a predicament when he went off injured uh, about how we were going to line up against Newcastle. Yeah, we, we really don't have depth there because we re- we do rely on him so heavily. Yeah, we sold. Stevens did an alright job. Yeah, Stevens did a good job, but he's not a left back, is he? And I, hopefully, it's um, it's offered some like shit. We really do need to speed up Vokins a little bit, or maybe we do need to dip into the January transfer window because you know he is he's 31 now. He's that we signed that contract. That's it. We need someone to replace him. We need to start thinking about it now for injuries. Yeah, we sold. Yeah. I mean, we had Matt Target there as the academy player and yeah, coming up, right. and they felt and Target wanted to go start. They got the money for him. That yeah, they that's thought. it. The money that they He's got for successful. him was just a complete. You can't fucking that. ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, you want to? Yeah, we'll take that. And I don't. I still don't regret that because, as Kev said, if we do have to fit, get you someone to fill in, we can. We can do that. We can survive mm-hmm. just for a few games. Yeah, and Stevens like Stevens was basically a left center back. He did. Uh, we talked about no overlaps in the game. He he sat. Yeah, sure. Gineppo had the free reign to stay up top, and while it did adjust things, it worked out. And I really hope Vokins can come into play though, because that's the style they're looking for. They they Stevens is a fill in. He's not the full time guy there. Otherwise, if they and I really hope Sam McQueen was able to come back and and come back to it he's 25 he's he's a smart guy he you know he, he was definitely showing promise at the beginning but um just for the sake of himself too i want to see him come back in and uh create a um a challenge for us to maybe push for the bench and then maybe even get a start in an fa cup or something like that yes that would be nice hi i'm matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to in that number Hey, welcome to the extra time segment. A uh, little prediction catch up. So, Tim and Kev, uh, last time we checked in, well, it's still the same actually because we've not played a game since. So it's me on nine, Kevin on four, and Tim on four. Yeah, guys, you need to you need to pick it up a bit because yeah, you're falling behind. Uh, Kev, championship draft update. Uh, it was Tim's idea yeah, actually to do a little this. to do a little update because I cannot even remember who I picked. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you what I'll read them and you tell me who the, who's got it. So top tell of the league. Well, right? Okay, all right. So top of the league, Reading on twenty two points. Me. Uh, yeah, okay. Second place, Watford on twenty one. That's me again. Oh fuck off. <laughs> Third place, Norwich City on twenty one. That's me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Fourth place, Bournemouth on twenty. That's me. <laughs> Fifth place, Bristol City on 20. That's me. That's you. Well, I don't care. Uh, in sixth place, it's Swansea on 19. 
What's up, everybody? I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, seventh place, Middlesbrough on 18. Okay, that's me. Shit. Uh, eighth place, Stoke City on 18. I think that's me. Yeah. I was excited about taking Stoke because I was, I was surprised that they were still there. I think I took them in the third round. Uh, ninth place, Millwall on 17. That's you. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. It's, for, it's you, Ray. Not surprised. <clears throat> and then 10th place, Luton Town. That's me. I think that was my last round. Yeah, pick. I think we laughed at you on that one, didn't we? You were like, oh. Well, it was the last. It was the last round. It was the last round. It was, yeah, so it was either Luton between... or Wickham, wasn't it? And you went for Luton. No, it was Luton. Co- it was Luton, Coventry, or or Wickham. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'll go with Luton. And Good but Up the hatches. Yes. Mm. So I've got three in the top ten. Brentford is at eleven, though. So yeah. I know that was their top. That was the top pick for for Kev. And uh, so going through that though, but. They're, I've got the top. I've got four of the top six, and you guys. I picked Bournemouth like tenth or something like that. That's because nobody just, wants to pick them on it. We're just like, no, I'll, I'll let, let somebody else take them. I didn't want to do it. I could have sworn they were going to be relegated. They might yet be. They might be. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it looks like Tim's going to take that. But um, uh, Super Six then. Round thirteen was won by Ben Wyatt on fifteen points. Well done, Ben. Uh, and overall, that gives Freddie from the ugly inside the lead on one hundred and twelve. So he still hangs on to it. Uh, guys, I want to have a chat to you about your Fantasy Premier League, because we haven't had a chance to do that just yet. Uh, Alex, <laughs> Charlie Austin's twat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. We talked about it last week, actually, on the show, and um, we had a bit of a laugh, laugh about it. Um, I had to edit a lot of it out as well, because I kept on laughing. It was great. Yeah, Charlie Austin's <laughs> just, just great. I love it. Uh, so you are 28th in our league at the moment on 468. So, yeah, that's good. Uh, Tim. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I'm happy with uh, it being my first season. I was right. I was tied with you, I think, at 12th for a minute after uh, the Saints win a, uh, against Newcastle oh. last Friday. But then I, I, the rest of the weekend took a shit on my lineup. So <laughs> help me. <laughs> Give me strategy. Tim, your team. Uh, I, can't, I haven't got your team name there. It's, it's Hot F a Goat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do, have you changed that recently? Yeah, I did. Oh, that'd be why. Okay, I did that. Uh, I am thirty second. Yes, it's like four hundred and sixty one points. That's seven points between you two. I had to use a wild card because I was I was looking like I was looking like garbage, and then this past week the wild card put me at seventy nine points, which was fantastic. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm currently sitting in eighteenth spot on. 482 points, which is to say, that's pretty good for me. Kevin, I'm going to have to keep scrolling, mate. Keep scrolling. <laughs> keep scrolling. Six, 67th, mate. <laughs> 67th place on 408 yeah. points. I'm overachieving. I want him to be 69th. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got to say, mate, for it, Kev? Because this isn't, isn't, this isn't acceptable. It's not. I need to up my game. Um, yeah. Jesus. And you've I mean, used your triple captain as well. <laughs> I have. I came triple captained it um, the one game he didn't score in. So unlucky. Yeah. Sorry. Um, okay, then Russian phrase then, Kev. What have you got? Okay. All right. I, I thought I'd keep it quite simple. And you know when I normally say that it's not, but um, yeah. Yes, I, I know. This time it is. Right, Wait. Why have I got a message from you saying massive gash, Kev? <laughs> 
<laughs> that's all it says. Just oh, a massive, massive that, gash. Because I, 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 I saw that Tim was like chucking in his sort of stream, stream of consciousness thoughts that he was speaking on that. Um, I confused the um, the Telegram with uh, the Skype. Uh. And uh, Tim just was talking about uh, Prousey's injury, and he said the words "massive gash," and that made me giggle. <laughs> God's sake, Kevin! Yeah. How how old are we again? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're having an international break at the moment, and uh, still not a break from the podcast, but it is a break for the Saints. So um, a little bit of a breather for us, and that's our word. For the week, this week, Peridushka. 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 Yeah. Be careful. If you mispronounce it, then it becomes Peridushka, which is like a, a, a farter. Um, but yeah, that, that's a breather. <laughs> a breather. Okay. A breather. So yeah, we're having a bit of a breather. Yes. Okay. Um, that is about it for this week. Uh, next week, we will return to the normal format and we'll be discussing the Wolves game. Um, I'd like to thank you, Alex, for coming on and, and joining us. It's, it's been really, really good fun. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. I told me. It's uh, the pleasure's all ours. It's good talking with a fellow American Saint fan. Yeah, yeah, it is. They're quite rare, so it's, it's, it's good. I love it. I, I, I'm just fascinated with how and why American fans become fans of a shit football club like ours. It's, 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 it's good. Sh- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to say that. But yeah, they're, they're not. You're fucking not. Yeah. <laughs> the Southampton Way uh, documentary in December 2014. You'll see a lot yeah, of people. A lot of people right around then. Mm. The, the coverage picked up for NBC Sports right around then uh, for Southampton right as their t- right as their peak time. So it's kind of a good connect the dots, and they became sort of a, a hipster team over here. And I say screw it because I root for Freiburg and Strasbourg and. Those those teams as well. So call me a hipster if you want, but that's a it's great. It's great being a fan of them. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we welcome all of you. Yeah, as say Alex, it's been it has been fun. It's been one of my favourite episodes of the year so far. Actually, I think it's been good because we haven't had that game to talk about. We can just relax a little bit and just um and and dinosaurs, of course, dinosaurs and dinosaurs. Yeah, right. Until next week, up the Saints. Up the fun. up the Saints. You are the weakest link. Now fuck off. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.